0: But now that I have you know, become more understanding and compassionate with myself just in that area, absolutely, it's like I have more understanding and compassion when I see other people processing their emotion. And I think there's so much strength in that where again, I used to think of it as like the sign of weakness, but I'm like, man, the strength it takes to be that vulnerable and to mm-hmm. really show up to allow that movement, that feeling or whatever it is we're going through. It takes a lot.
1: Welcome to the Woman Warriors podcast. You worry, I worry, we all do. If you're paying attention to the world today, there's a lot for women to feel worried and anxious about. As we explore the worries with curiosity and compassion, we learn to live more authentically and unleash the warrior within. Someone who is strong, capable, and resilient, come what may. It's time to stop battling against yourself and start using your powers to meet everyday challenges with energy, purpose, and bravery. Now here's your host, Elizabeth Cush. Today's episode is brought to you by Three Invitations to Come Home to You. If you'd like to learn how to feel more at home in yourself, you can sign up for your free invitations at elizabethcushcoaching.com. Welcome back to the Woman Warriors podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Cush, and I'm a psychotherapist and life coach for women. And I'm so excited to share with you my conversation with Yolanda Williams about Reiki. But before we get started, just really am so excited for spring. I'm so ready for warmer weather and flowers and leaves on trees. And I'm just ready for some changes in the atmosphere. So that's my hope that There will be new growth and forward motion with all of the things out there in the world. If you want to know more about me, the podcast, life coaching, or therapy, you can go to progressioncounseling.com or elizabethkusch.com and find all you need to know about me, about the podcast, about signing up for my newsletter, as well as how to work with me. So this week, we're talking to Yolanda Williams. She is an intuitive self-mastery coach and certified medical Reiki master, teaching Reiki, intuitive development, elemental balancing, and chakra mirroring. She trained with internationally recognized Reiki masters in the lineages of Usui Reiki Royoho and Jikiden Reiki. Yolanda also trained with shamans and other healers of various modalities, increasing her intuitive abilities and understanding of universal oneness. She uses a blend of techniques to help clients and students Achieve deeper connections with themselves, which facilitates new levels of self awakening and revealing the dynamics of the mind, body, and energy. Her methods have helped Reiki practitioners globally, and she is currently authoring a book to highlight how you can deepen your connection, relationship, and understanding of what it means to be an authentic expression of your true nature. She also shared on the podcast that she is working on an oracle deck that will come out sometime this summer. So that's exciting. Yolanda is also the host of Reiki Radio Podcast and founder of the Alchemy Circle and the creator of the Seeker Circle, which has become an international community of energy workers. Through the podcast, she shares tools to support your spiritual exploration, including interviews of other healers who practice various techniques. She teaches Isui Reiki Royoho all levels in San Diego and offers intuitive awakening courses online. You can find all of Yolanda's information in the show notes. I'm super excited about my conversation with her. We really talk about more than just Reiki. She shares some of her personal journey and awakenings herself through her journey. And I really connected with her and enjoyed having her on the podcast. So let's get started. Hi, Yolanda, and welcome to the Woman Warriors podcast.
0: Hi, Elizabeth. Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you about Reiki. But before we get started, if you could just tell us a little bit about you and what did inspire you to become a healer and Reiki master? Oh,
0: well, it wasn't part of my plan. It was one of those beautiful things that just unfold in life without, you know, without you necessarily looking for it. Mm -hmm. So I worked in finance and I was with a particular company for several years, but the division I worked for got bought out by another bank. And it was one of those situations where I could either move to another state and keep my job or just take my package and leave the job. So I decided to take my package and explore life in a different way, which Mm -hmm. sounded good at first. But then of course, I got really anxious about, well, what am I going to do with my life? I don't want to go back into this industry. I don't know what I want to do. And Mm -hmm. so I started having these experiences of anxiety, which was very unfamiliar to me. Mm -hmm. And long story short, uh, someone I know recommended that I start meditating. And she Mm -hmm. also recommended that I have a Reiki session. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't familiar with either, and I looked Reiki up, I googled it, and it sounded (laughs) really interesting, so I thought, instead of a session, maybe I'll try a class, so I can really understand what this is before I just, you know, commit to someone doing this thing on me, Mm -hmm. so I started meditation and Reiki simultaneously, started noticing a lot of shifts and changes within myself, started practicing on friends, and that's really how it all began.
1: Wow! Wow! So instead of just taking one session, you just decided to jump right in. You you jump frame open. it as if instead of jumping in, you wanted to learn more. But that was yeah. a big step. It sounds like.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it was so unfamiliar, and it sounded very. You know, I was I was kind of skeptical, but also so curious because it was unlike anything I had heard about. So I figured it would be more interesting to actually learn the process, mm. and then yeah, again, I, I had no idea of what it would. Evolve into in my life, but yeah, that's wow. how it started.
1: Wow. And so I'm guessing there are probably listeners who don't know what Reiki is. Mm-hmm. so if you wouldn't mind just kind of sharing with us, like because it it to me, it's so intriguing in that it's healing, and yet there's no touch, right? Some people do
0: lay hands, but there's no body manipulation. So you're not rubbing or massaging, but some people do just like gently um, Mm. lay hands, but it is very common practice not to physically touch at all. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: It's often described as a Japanese energy healing technique where Mm. basically I like to tell people, you can think of it as almost similar to acupuncture without needles, although it's not as standardized in that way. But it's that same concept of helping to rebalance the flow of energy, the flow of life force in our bodies. So, mm-hmm. just as an example, you know, when we get stressed, we have experiences in life that may cause us stress, anxiety, or even if we have, you know, a physical pain for some reason. Regardless, even the stress or the emotions often manifest themselves as physical upset for us, like an upset stomach, tension in the back, tension in the neck, all of these things. Mm-hmm. And it's like our bodies lock up or our minds lock up or we're overwhelmed by, you know, emotion, feeling, whatever it may be. So we're not flowing. We're not allowing, you know, the energy of life mm-hmm. to move through us in an uninterrupted way. Whereas Mm -hmm. times where you feel good, you feel aligned, you're centered, it seems like life is just, you know, it's great. Like everything seems to be lining up for you. It's very different. So a lot of people use Reiki and seek out Reiki sessions to help bring that energy of harmony, that flow back into the body, back into the being, back into their life. So that's one way it's thought of, right? I mean, people Mm -hmm. often associate it with, you know, helping to alleviate stress tension and physical pain. But the truth is, while the energetic movement is a beautiful gift of the system, there are other components within Reiki. So for people who actually do learn it, you will learn there's something called the Reiki principles, which is also called the Reiki Gokai. Mm-hmm. Those are, I like to think of them as like code of ethics. So there are Mm. these principles that you learn that you can then strive to apply to in your life. So it it brings you into this space of self-observation, really starting to look at and understand yourself first and foremost Mm. in a new way. And then there are Reiki symbols. There are all of these different practices in the system. It's also very meditative. But again, overall, while we tend to look at it as something we can share with other people to support other people, it's really a beautiful system to help you learn to create a deeper relationship with yourself.
1: Mm. I, I love that framing of it and that I find that so much of any body work, you know, really mm-hmm. does help you reattune to what's going on inside you. Yes. Yeah. So, when you are practicing or you know, when you're working with a client, Mm -hmm. what might someone expect in a Reiki session?
0: Well, there are two different types of sessions. Some are remote, where we're not in the same physical location as the person, (laughs) and then we also have in person. So, Mm -hmm. for in person sessions, it's typical that the Reiki practitioner will have a massage table for the client to lay on, and it's meant for the client to go in a state of just total relaxation. You just lay there. There's nothing you have to do. You stay fully clothed. Again, there's no body manipulation, no massage, anything like that. But the client is invited just to lay on the table and some practitioners may guide them into a meditation just to help them to settle, relax, let go of tension just on the breath. But then the mm. practitioner themselves and what they're doing is they are first coming into connection with themselves and there are different techniques that they learn in class but essentially you're allowing yourself to be like this conduit of universal life force energy mm. and you are allowing this expression of energy to move through you to help to harmonize and help to balance the energy and the flow that is happening for the client. So Mm. a lot of people describe it as like an intelligent energy, because there's nothing that the practitioner has to force as much as they are holding space. And again, just like allowing this flow, this harmonization to happen Mm. for the client. And people who are on the receiving end, there are so many different experiences that people have. I mean, a lot of people literally just fall asleep. (laughs) Some Mm. people have experiences of feeling energy moving through them. Some people see colors. There's you know, a range of experience that people have. But I always tell people to be mindful of what comes to mind, what they may see, feel, sense over the next few days as that energy is moving and starting to recirculate. Because imagine if you, again, maybe had something very stressful go on in life. And then all of a sudden your body is responding to that. Your back is tight and all of these things. But as that energy starts to move again through the system, there may be thoughts associated with why you were clenching up or what you were holding on to. These things may start to come to the surface. And so it gives the client an opportunity as well to come into more awareness about what they hold and Mm -hmm. what their energy is doing and what their feelings, emotions and thoughts may have been, but how it's all working together and the impact it has on our life experience, really.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's almost like opening a little window into, uh, I'm gonna say triggers, but like the things that, yeah, distress you, that cause you to clench up to better know yourself and how to keep the energy flowing almost versus like closing up.
0: Yeah. And I think the gift in it really, truly, I mean, whether you're a practitioner or not, even for clients who come on a consistent basis, right? Mm -hmm. What you start to recognize is just that you, your relationship with you. And so Mm -hmm. you may start to recognize like, wow, these are my patterns in relationship, or these are things that I echo in my mind all the time, or these are behaviors that stem from X, Y, and Z. So it really is this beautiful technique while it can support us in so many ways with helping to, you know, alleviate stress and tension. Again, it, it illuminates you, it mirrors you back to yourself. And when we have more of an understanding about who we are, how we're functioning, all of these things, it gives us more of a window of like, okay, well, what can I do to support myself in a different way? Or what choices can I make to have a different experience in my life? So it's such a beautiful technique and it's really why I fell in love with it because it's so much more than I think what a lot of people realize Mm -hmm. it is. Yeah.
1: Well, and I'm curious and it, it may, I'm guessing it probably varies from person to person, but like working with clients, does there tend to be, you know, are you talking and sharing or is this just a very sort of internal experience for them? You know, just, Personal,
0: Yeah, well, it varies practitioner practitioner um, Mm on one hand, but then it also varies client to client. So when I first came into it, I I really thought it was that like people come lay on the table, (laughs) you have a session, and then they would go. But Mm -hmm. what I came to learn and understand is, again, like, if you have maybe some energies or things that were repressed, and now all of a sudden, these energies are starting to surface. Yeah, there are some things that people may want to share, even if it's just to say, This is what I feel like now. Like I felt tense when I came in. Now I feel relaxed or Mm -hmm. I had a thought about something I haven't thought about in a very long time. So I always leave space for people to share anything about their experience at the end of the session, because I think that form of expression is important for us and it's a part of our healing process. But I also converse with people prior to the session just to have clarity around what their intent is, what their focus is. Mm but also you know just so we can become familiar with each other because they're allowing me to come into their space so to speak.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I have not personally done Reiki which mm-hmm. that's is on one of my my list of things to try, but I have done like craniosacral therapy which is more hands-on but mm-hmm. definitely gets energy and stuff flowing. Yes. It's an interesting definitely brings a lot of body awareness and yeah just kind of a uh, for me really tuning into yeah the energy that is in my body and where i'm holding it and where it's yeah. stored and what's maybe stuck sometimes
0: yeah and i think it i mean i think that's a great point you bring up because i think for a lot of people especially if this is unfamiliar to you and even myself when i first heard about this that sounded strange like what do you mean my energy like what i don't know what you're talking about Mm -hmm. but i tell people to consider times where they may walk into a room and you can feel tension in the room i mean maybe no one is saying or doing anything but you can feel the energy of the room Mm -hmm. when you're engaging with someone you meet someone you may pick up you sense you feel the energy of the person. And you may decide whether or not you want to (laughs) engage Mm -hmm. with that person based on what you feel. So, you know, we are generating and radiating out energy, like everything is energetic. And there's that whole aspect of us in our design, like we have mind, body, energy. And so when we think of for example if you think in the mind about something that makes you happy all of a sudden you may feel butterflies in the stomach you feel the energy of that thought you feel the the emotion of that thought and on you know conversely if you think of something that's very upsetting or you see something upsetting on the news what you are perceiving taking in thinking about you feel it you make it upset in your stomach you feel the energy of whatever you are processing and again we can't separate out mind, body, energy. They all impact each other. So mm. the system, again, while a lot of focus on it, a lot of talk about it, it's just about the energy. It really does have components that help us learn how to manage and recognize our thoughts, our emotions, our bodies, our energy, like the overall system that we are.
1: Mm, yeah. Yeah. It's very, it feels very, from what you're describing, yeah, a more holistic experience than just the energy. Yeah. 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 So if you don't mind sharing, like what have you learned about yourself through this learning of the practice, but also being a Reiki master?
0: You know, I'd say one of the most interesting things I've learned, and I've a lot of people come into this awareness about themselves. I didn't realize how much I was suppressing emotion mm. prior to coming into this practice because you know I was raised in a way of be strong, be independent like there's no time to cry, like pick yourself up and you move on, you carry on. And yeah. while in a lot of ways, you know, that has supported me on my path, and I know. Like my mother's intention was <laughs> to try to help make me, you know,
1: <laughs> a strong woman, a strong yes. woman
0: in life. Right. Yeah. But the effect of that was that I was repressing a lot and I wasn't familiar with my emotions or how things affected me. Cause I would just, you know, go through it, whatever, maybe be upset, but push on and not truly process that. So I didn't recognize how that lack of connection with my feeling was playing out in my behaviors and playing out in how I engaged in relationships or what I would block in my life or what it just it, it impacted every facet of my life. And Mm -hmm. so when I started doing this work and those emotions start coming up and thoughts and like, huh, and you start examining things in a different way. And I always tell people in the process, make sure you try your best. There's no judgment. We're just learning and trying to understand ourselves. Right. So Mm -hmm. you start to have this awareness of like, wow, I've been holding on to this. And that's probably why I've chosen to do that. And this is probably why such and such triggers me or why I've behaved this way and you know, it's fascinating. It's like getting to know yourself in an entirely different way. So the gift for me in that, and I should say, I've been practicing for maybe 11 years now. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a process. It's not like, you know, overnight, but it's like constantly learning. But I noticed that I, Respond to things in life now differently because I have understanding about certain things and then also making a conscious choice to do things differently that feel more resonant with me. So Mm. I think just even that layer alone of recognizing my emotional self and being more kind and compassionate with that aspect of myself has made a huge difference for Mm. just me and my life.
1: Well, and just what you said right there—being kind and compassionate with yourself around whatever it is you're feeling—that mm-hmm. that's not always very easy to do, no, right? No, we're we can be so, especially if we grew up in a home, which I I get it, like where you're told to sort of move on, dust yourself yeah. off, get over it, to really uh, be okay with all the emotions, and that can be a and be okay with it, but also be compassionate around it. Right. That's not always easy.
0: Yeah, no. And that's why I always tell people, it really is a process because there's like one part of starting to recognize certain things about yourself. But then again, like you know, trying to, you know, have that tenderness and not judging yourself, especially when even culturally, in a lot of ways, we've been so conditioned to look at emotion as weakness and like, Is just something to be avoided. And so now all of a sudden you're like, wait, it's okay that I felt something. So it really (laughs) is like this whole process of like this like journey of self-acceptance that it does, it takes time. And you know, Mm -hmm. it's not easy. I mean, goodness gracious, it's not easy at all. But I think the more we show up for ourselves, the easier it becomes and we start to understand the importance in a different way. But we also become more resilient. And I think more of those triggers even start to fall off. As we keep moving forward,
1: mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And I think too that as we learn to be kinder and com- more compassionate with ourselves and our own emotions, that radiates out into the world too. Like to mm-hmm. me, I've found that when I'm kind and compassionate with myself and my parts and all my emotions, that I can find that compassion and caring for others in a much, uh, on a much deeper level.
0: Yes, absolutely. I mean, I think of how I used to be so uncomfortable with other people's emotions because mm-hmm. I wasn't accessing my own. So if I was around someone and they started crying and they were so emotional, I would think like I was taught like, whoa, whoa, get it together. Pull yourself together. You're like, what are you doing? Right. right. Here's I a was, tissue. Yeah, go figure like, this please, out. <laughs> yes. Go take that somewhere. What are you doing? But now that I have, you know, become more understanding and compassionate with myself just in that area. Absolutely. It's like, I have more understanding and compassion when I see other people processing their emotion. And I, think there's so much strength in that where, again, I used to think of it as like the sign of weakness, but I'm like, man, the strength it takes to be that vulnerable and to mm. really show up to allow that movement, that feeling or whatever it is we're going through. It takes a lot.
1: It does. It really mm-hmm. does. But it, it can create such a deep connection too with other people. Yes. Yeah. 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 I think that's something I wish we're taught more (laughs) in our culture, and our society, that the vulnerability, the showing up, that, that, that is how we can connect deeply versus like, let's shut that off and then see how to connect. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about your podcast because you have the Reiki radio podcast. Tell us a little bit about that. Like, who do you have on? I know you said you're not uh, producing stuff right now, but it's out there. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yes. So (laughs) Reiki radio, it's become a central part of my work really. And again, it was one of those things I wasn't expecting it. After I had started the practice of Reiki and meditation, I have to say, I love meditation um, Mm, so much as well. Love it.
1: Me too.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So but after practicing and working, you know, through some of my layers and practicing with friends and family, because of the changes I was seeing in myself, but also what I was seeing in my friends, I thought like other people have to know about this thing. And there wasn't that much conversation around it as there is today. Um Mm -hmm. now, even if people don't know what it is, they may have heard about it. But when I first started, it was like, wait, what? I never what is this? I never heard of it. But another thing was that in a lot of uh the like spiritual circles i would say at the time it was kind of like oh this is all sunshine and rainbows and it's like oh you're just so good in the energy ooh, ooh, ooh. and <laughs> when i started practicing and you know like my stuff started coming up i was like wait where are the sunshine and rainbows this is not pretty every day even <laughs> though I, hard, an, right? it's hard yeah. It's hard work yeah. but i i understood i had an appreciation for it but i was like this is not all shiny and pretty like everyone said. So. I also wanted to talk about that in case there were other practitioners out there that were experiencing what I was experiencing. So I started Reiki Radio in 2013. I knew nothing about podcasting. I was just like, eh, maybe someone will hear it. Wow. And I showed up every week consistently. And over time, I started getting emails from people like, oh, yes, that resonates. Yes, I have this experience. And it started out just me sharing like what I was experiencing on my path. And then it evolved into interviews. And so now the show is primarily me speaking to other healers and authors, people who practice all kinds of modalities, but anything that points to our self-work and how we can go through these journeys of self-healing and transformation and the different options available to us, because, you know, and everything is not for everyone. So I like yeah, to yeah, share that is true. across the board so that, you know, everyone has options available if they especially if they're unaware.
1: Yeah. I love that. I love that mission. And I think it's so important because as you said, yeah, each modality may resonate with different people and right being able to hear practitioners talk about what they do might help others sort of learn more about what might work for them. Yes, that's awesome.
0: And yeah. so uh, people don't feel alone. I have to say that's a big part mm. of the podcast in the community that I've built as well, because a lot of people who come into these different practices that are, fall under the umbrella of spirituality, They don't necessarily have other people in their lives who understand what they're practicing and learning, or can relate to what they're doing. So they Uh often feel isolated and don't have anyone to talk to, or they may even sometimes have fear around, like, "Will I still be accepted by those close to me now that my thoughts and ideas are changing?" So Uh I I love the aspect of community where people can come and be very open and vulnerable about their process, what they're going through, and be not only accepted, but supported and (laughs) exchanging stories and ideas so they don't feel alone in their path.
1: Mm, That's lovely. That is lovely. Cause it can, I think as a healer, we hold a lot of other people's stuff too. And that, that can be, that can be hard. And that's Mm -hmm. nice to have that community there to be supported by. Yeah. Nice. So if there were listeners who were like, hey, I want to find Reiki where I live, how is there a centralized directory? Like how do people, how would people find someone to work with?
0: Google is the best option. There isn't a centralized directory only because there are also different lineages. Mm -hmm. So people practice different with different teachers and through different organizations. And so I I would say the best thing to do because there are so many options even under the umbrella of Reiki itself. I Mm -hmm. would tell people first think about why they may even want to try it or why they want to learn it or what intention they have of how this practice or technique may support them. And then when you look up Reiki, I would look, you know, Google Reiki practitioners in whatever city you're in. And then whichever websites come up, Look at the websites and see who resonates with you, what their work focuses on, if it matches or aligns with what your personal focus is. Another thing I would say is if you are uh, searching for a teacher, also look at their about me part to see what training they've had. Mm. And yeah, I mean, the the best thing to do at this point is, yeah, just do your research and see if you feel they align with you. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. That's, I think that's great advice. I feel like I'm a, a therapist and life coach. And to me, that's the whole, like y- you need to find someone that's aligning with where you are and what right. you want to work on and how they approach the work, because that's, if it doesn't, then it's not going to be very helpful.
0: Yes. And especially like <laughs> in this realm, I mean, cause you have such a spectrum where you know, there are mm-hmm. people who practice and they are very into, you know, things like crystals and incense. Right. And, you know, I love these things too. But some mm-hmm. people, that's not their thing. And you maybe want a practitioner that has more of a practical approach, maybe just more just like focus on the energy work. Maybe you don't want to converse, whatever. Mm-hmm. So there's really something available for everyone. And yeah, people usually, and especially with social media nowadays, you can usually get a feel for the practitioner with what they put out there.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's such, that's such a nice, nice thing. Yeah, you get a feel for who who they are. Right. Yeah. Well, Yolanda, how would people find you if they wanted to know more about you and your practice and your podcast?
0: Okay. Well, my podcast is called Reiki Radio, and it's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, all of those platforms. <laughs> you could just look mm-hmm. up Reiki Radio. Uh, My website is the energeticalchemist.com, and I have a lot of resources and free content available to people there as well. So, those are the two best ways. I do have social media, although I'm not as active on it as I would like to be. So, the (laughs) best way, like, really truly, is either the website or the podcast.
1: Nice, nice, nice. And in your bio, which I will uh, share with the listeners as well, it sounds like you're writing a book. Is that still in? Progress?
0: Well, the book has evolved from So, I have a book that I'm working on, but it's kind of on the back burner for mm. I am working on an Oracle card deck, which is almost oh. done. Yeah. So, I worked with an artist for about a year and now it's just like fine tuning the details of the deck. Oh. So, I hope that that will be done and available by the summer and then I'll return back to the book.
1: That's exciting.
0: Yes. I'm very excited about the Oracle deck.
1: Well, maybe we can have you back on the podcast once that's available and you oh, can talk I would love us about it. that. <laughs> yes,
0: I would love that.
1: Cool, cool, cool. Well, I so appreciate your taking the time to come on the podcast today and share with us all of your knowledge about Reiki.
0: Thank you so much, Elizabeth. Thank you for having me.
1: This week's episode is brought to you by three invitations to come home to you. We all have different parts or voices we hear that can influence how we act, how we feel, and how we engage with the world. When we can get curious and learn more about all of our parts with compassion, we begin to feel more at home in ourselves. I'd like to invite you to explore some of your parts with the three invitations to come home to you. When you sign up, you'll gain access to the prompts that will be your guide to help you get to know you and your parts a little bit better. To get access to your prompts and find out more about working one-on-one with me, go to ElizabethKushCoaching.com. I don't know about you, but I just, I loved Yolanda's energy. Speaking of energy, she just has a very kind calm, connected demeanor. And it was just really enjoyable to talk to her. I'd found Yolanda through, I think I was doing a search on Reiki and looking for someone to come on the podcast to talk about it and found her podcast, Reiki Radio. And I felt like she was just such a warm presence on her own podcast. So that was wonderful that I felt really grateful that she was excited and willing to come on the podcast to talk to us about her work. I think her insight into how the work of our body's energy not only helps us feel more aligned, but also really teaches us more about ourselves. That to me, was such a beautiful point and something that I have found in my own journey with meditation, my intuitive movement group, craniosacral therapy, and now even brain spotting and therapy. All of these practices have helped me become more attuned to my own energy, but also helped me know myself better and feel more aligned and authentic in my life which then also helps me feel more connected to other people, which is truly a lovely and amazing gift of the work. Well, I hope you will check out Yolanda's website and all of her information. And I'm hopeful that when her Oracle deck is ready for purchase, she'll come back on the podcast and talk to us about that. I hope you take some time to connect with your energy this week. Ciao for now from This Woman Warrior. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Woman Warriors Podcast. The information in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Music was written and performed by Andy Cush. If you'd like more information on this episode, you can find the show notes, the resources shared today, and links to the guest profiles at womanwarriors.com.